You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Healthcare has been heading online for a while now. We use apps to track things like our fertility and sleep. We wear Fitbits and Apple Watches. The pandemic has only made this transition more official. Now, more than ever before, we use phones and computers to communicate with doctors. And a lot of people actually prefer it, including the doctors. But even though going digital has been making it easier for a lot of people to get healthcare, it has its problems. Here to tell us more is Recode Sarah Morrison. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Ronnie. How's, how's it going? So tell me about some of the players in the space. What tech companies are making wearables? There's companies that you maybe haven't heard of that sort of are dedicated to that. One of those is called Whoop. It's actually worth $3.6 billion. Whoop? Yeah, Whoop. Uh, and they do this high-end like subscription, kind of like Peloton service, and it tracks vital statistics and tells like when to work out and when not to. Um, and then we have, obviously, the big tech companies that specialize in other things. They all have their own wearable initiatives. Apple, Watch, Google bought Fitbit. Microsoft and Apple appear to be doing their own things. And Amazon has this wearable called Halo that you actually showed a picture of uh, what you look like without many clothes on. And it tells you uh, if you weigh too much. Um, it can listen to the sound of your voice to tell you your mood. Uh, so that's like a full wellness kind of thing. So not only are we seeing, you know, the sort of things we think of as wearables, like tracking your steps or whatever being done, but we're seeing more analysis and like more work done to tell you more. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot going on right now. And what about telehealth companies? So a lot of people hadn't maybe used telehealth before. Their doctor's offices didn't even offer it and they sort of all had to. And I think a lot of people decided that they kind of liked it better. It was more convenient. So we're seeing telehealth is used 38 times more now, even with doctor's offices open, than it was uh, before the pandemic. So so we could go back into doctor's offices, but people are choosing not to. They like this way better. Yeah, that, that's what seems to be happening. So, you know, we have a couple companies that were, you know, already players in the telehealth space or digital first, virtual healthcare, whatever you want to call it. They're doing really well right now. There's some companies that are like virtual only. You do not see somebody in person at all. When they need to take your vital statistics, they send you devices to, to do that and then send to the doctor. And then we have some that are both, they're in person or virtual. You pretty much do all the scheduling or look at results or whatever, pretty much all through the app first. Okay, so in this future, we have wearables measuring our vitals and looking out for health issues, and we're talking to people remotely. What would a diagnosis of a health problem look like? So you're, you know, walking around, you have your Apple Watch or whatever, and it alerts you to like a possible heart issue. So you go to your doctor's office app, you schedule an appointment, you know, you see your doctor you know, virtually. Uh, maybe the doctor has sent you sort of monitoring devices that take your vitals or something like that. And they diagnose you with a heart condition. And then to monitor or, or manage it, you have these, again, remote monitoring devices that send that information back to your doctor so they can have a sort of continuous look at your, your heart as opposed to 
maybe they only get that when you go in to see them, however often you come in to see them. So that might be a more comprehensive like look at what your body's doing. That means everything from diagnosis to treatment and all of these data points in between happens virtually as opposed to having maybe not knowing it was happening in the first place. Yeah, I mean, as opposed to the doctor catching it, maybe when you go in to see them, however often you go in to see them, they maybe could catch something sooner. So let's talk about the elephant in the room, which is privacy. You often come on our podcast and help listeners understand like how to keep their personal data safe and all of that's super important. But now we're giving that information up to apps and to wearables and to telemedicine. What happens to our privacy as those take off in popularity? It really depends. So I, the problem I see with a lot of this stuff is that you know, as technology or whatever improves, if the laws or rules don't go with it, then there's a lot of like gray areas or ways where maybe your privacy is being compromised and you don't realize it. So with the stuff you tell your doctor, the medical grade devices, that stuff's usually covered by medical privacy laws, which is good. But when you get to sort of consumer devices like fitness trackers, apps, wellness apps, things that you're doing to track your own health. A lot of people just assume if it's a medical thing or a health condition, anything related to their bodies, that's covered by the same laws that the stuff you tell your doctor is. And it's usually not. And when we don't have like a federal privacy law and it's sort of left up to if you were lucky enough to live in a state that has one and only like four states do, you might not have the privacy that you think you do. Can you give me some examples of things that you might assume that are covered under health privacy laws, but actually aren't? The thing with this pandemic is that obviously it happened very quickly. A lot of things weren't maybe built to accommodate some of the things that were needed. The Department of Health and Human Services loosened actually a couple HIPAA laws. So your doctor didn't need to use a HIPAA compliant video portal to talk to you. So you might have been talking to them on something that didn't um, have those privacy laws. That doesn't mean your privacy was violated in any way. It just means those laws were not enforced. We had people signing up for their vaccines using Eventbrite, which is for like tickets to shows because the system that some Florida counties had in place crashed and that was the only way they could sign people up. I've covered a couple times where some, you know, pharmacy companies have maybe use vaccine registrations to collect data on people for their own ends or the the testing platforms they had set up were kind of sloppy. Uh, so they could have been sending ad trackers, you know, some data. So we had a couple things where people just had to very quickly assemble something and there was maybe a couple issues with that. So as we use different platforms to look at and to communicate and to diagnose our health problems, we're ending up where we we rarely know where all of our data is going, how it's being used, who has access to it. How do we start to tackle this problem? Yeah, I mean, that's always been the issue for me is that once your data goes somewhere, you kind of, you lose custody control and knowledge of it. And that is also true with these health and wellness services, um, even the ones your doctor might use. So, you know, I talked to a couple experts and they said, look, HIPAA isn't perfect, but it is a privacy law and it does a lot of its job. It could use some updating, but probably the big thing is having a federal consumer privacy law because we don't have anything for a lot of people in states uh, for the things that aren't covered by medical privacy laws. And, you know, for a long time, we've known that like not just health and wellness apps or services, but a lot of other things are not covered by privacy laws. We've seen the, the ramifications of that and uh, we still don't have one. Is there any reason to be optimistic that things are going to change? I mean, 
always, sure. Like the fact that these things are being used more by more people means that there's going to be a bigger you know, need and more pressure to make them better in this way. We are seeing uh, the FTC with the new uh, chairwoman, you know, they've put health apps on notice and saying, we have this health breach notification rule and you need to be following it. That's been on the books for over 10 years and they've never done anything with it before. So that's a good sign. And it's also worth noting that the FTC has just said in general that they are going to try to maybe take the reins on privacy stuff because we're not really going to get any legislation. So somebody's got to do it. That's kind of part of the FTC's job is consumer protection. And they seem to now want to do it. So hopefully these things are coming or they'll get better. In the meantime, I would just say, you know, be careful about what you download. Um, if it's not something your doctor's giving you directly, just keep in mind that it might not be covered and try to make sure you can trust them as much as possible. You can check their privacy policy. You can try emailing them directly to ask what, if anything, is covered. And then, again, contact your lawmaker and urge them to pass something that protects all of us better. <laughs> 